What is up, sweet friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. You know, we throw around the phrase, I need better habits, or I just need to kick the habit of doing X, you know, scrolling through social media, hitting the snooze alarm, and we throw these phrases around like nobody's business, and especially as high achievers and perfectionists, we are always looking at the habits that we want, that we believe that will leave us to lead us to being better, healthier, more successful successful. But a lot of perfectionists and high achievers, we're white knuckling it. We're forcing ourselves to push harder and, you know, do this habit. But many of us don't know what this actually looks like. So today we're going to be diving into the science behind habits, what you can do to change your habits and make sure they actually stick. So let's dive in. I feel like when it comes to growth and development, habits are like the gatekeeper. They're the thing that everyone knows they must address right off the bat, but it seems like it's always the thing that we're beating ourselves up about for not sticking to them, or we're saying, well, I did this, but tomorrow I need to do it 10 times harder, or I need to change my entire habits, and they try to change like 54 habits all at the same time. Now, as someone who massively changed her own habits in the last 10 years. I mean, I was heavily drinking. I was eating junk food like crazy. I was procrastinating. I felt like I was being like all talk and no action. And there's so much more. But now I rarely have more than one drink. And actually, if anything, it's more half a drink is what I normally do. Um, I eat foods that make me feel really, really good. I get shit done. I've literally kicked procrastinating to the curb. I'm so freaking grateful. I'm the person who's always saying like, this is what I want. And then I make it a plan of action to go get it. My last like few coaches have always said like, Jesus Christ, like you really put in the work. And it all stems back to this one thing, and that is learning the science of habit change. And I I kid you not, this is the thing that actually changed my habitual life. So in case you're new here, hello, my name is Nicole Baker. I'm a coach for high-achieving perfectionists and an international speaker, and habits are probably one of my favorite topics in the entire world. But I want to start by asking you all a favor. If there is any part of this episode that speaks to you, would you do me a favor and share it? whether it's sharing it with a friend or screenshotting it and sharing it on social media. If you do, tag me at LifeCoachBaker. Heyo. And also, if you want, go ahead and rate the show and review it. If you don't know, a lot of people don't know this unless they're podcasters. When you rate a show and when you review a show, it gains its way up the charts, which means that it'll be shown to more people. It's like SEO or the algorithm. And I really recommend not just doing this with this show, but please do it with all the shows that you listen to. It is like the best little hug that you can give your podcasters, please. Alrighty, that's enough housekeeping for today. We're going to be talking a lot on habits. So I want to dive straight on in and we're going to split this into two parts. First and foremost, part one, what are habits? And part two, how the F do you change your habits? How do you implement new habits? How do you make them stick? And etc. So first and foremost, part one, what are habits? Friends, we're going to take a step to rats. We're going to go to rats. We're going to go and follow a rat study for a moment because why the heck not? This is where we're at today. But I think it's important for us to know what is happening in our brain 
when we are learning new habits, when we are literally in the process of doing this. And this study was done back in 1990s, I believe. And I'm not going to say I condone it. I don't really love anything where they hook animals up to crazy like neurotransmitters. But for the sake of today, I think that this is a very helpful study for us knowing more about habits and where it honestly, where the science came from was basically this study. So Back in the 1990s, like I mentioned, they hooked a bunch of rats up to these little brain machines and then they plopped them down in a maze and the rats started at this like little gate almost. This gate was closed and the rest of the maze was beyond this gate. And at the end of this maze was a chocolate bar. I think it was actually just like a little piece, a chocolate bar to a rat. So a little piece of chocolate. And the click sound would happen, which raised the gate. This is going to be important later. A click sound would happen, which raised the gate, and the rat would start going through the maze. Now, the first time that they went through, they would sniff every single corner. They went very, very slowly. Their brain was lit up like an effing Christmas tree, and more importantly, their prefrontal cortex, which is where all of our decision makings are, where of all, where all of our like active brain processing. Normally, we can only focus on one thing at a time through the prefrontal cortex. This is a huge part of our brain, and it was going like crazy. And eventually, the rat found its way to the chocolate. And so they repeated this again the next day. And it was about the same, maybe a little quicker. And then again the next day, and again the next day. And literally just several days later, the rat was going from click, chocolate. And what was amazing to the scientists who were seeing, again, because the brats, the brats, the rats were hooked up to these machines, And they saw all their mental activity. And what they were shocked by was the mental activity in their brain massively decreased. Like I want you to imagine like um, like a trap song on like an audio bar, like that was the first going through the maze. And then I want you to imagine just like a beautiful like meditation song where it's very quiet and all that. And it's really low on the bar. That was a few days later. And so what scientists learned from this study is that brains are constantly looking to save effort. And they do that by taking these moments of click, run, 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 chocolate. And they say, okay, if I hear a click, that means I'm about to get chocolate. So I need to go right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, 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 right, 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 chocolate. And what this does is it takes this decision-making from this lit up like a Christmas tree part of our brain from the prefrontal cortex and stores it away in this area called the basal ganglia. We're going to talk a lot about this today. In the basal ganglia, that is where all of our habits are stored. It is literally in, I want you to imagine like our brain is like a root or an onion. It is the root of the onion. It's right next to the brainstem. And this is the place of our brain that is saving effort, that is on when the rest of our brain can be off to save energy, to save, uh, to rest, all those kinds of things. So that is how scientists figure out, figured out, oh, habits are really just our brain learning how to save energy. But what they found even more specifically 
was that there is three parts to every single habit. Now, if you're familiar with atomic habits, you're probably going to be like, wait, three? Aren't there four? Yes, the, I'm going more off the power of habit for this section, which is the original book on habits by Charles Duhigg. I love it. It's where the rat study came from. It's freaking amazing. Um, it is a very scientific heavy book. It's one of my favorite books of all time, though. Um And uh, James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, picked up basically where he left off. He added a new part to the habit loop. I personally think it maybe overcomplicates it a little bit, so I'm keeping it with just these three parts. So, little disclaimer. But the scientists learned from this rat study that there are three parts to every single habit. There is the trigger. Oh, remember that click sound that raised the gate to start the maze? Yep, that was a trigger. This is our brain looking for something to begin a habit. So um, a trigger can be a time a time of day. It can be an emotional state like boredom or anxiety. It can be a place. So for example, if every time, this is actually an example, when um, about a year ago, every time I would go to Whole Foods to grocery shop, I would, you know, make my way around, I'd walk through the doors, I'd walk through the entire store, and I'd always end up next to the pizza area. And I'd be like, oh, I can just get a slice of pizza, why not? And this went on for months and months and months. And finally, I was like, I'm not even hungry, and yet I'm still buying a slice of pizza every single time. So that is an example of a trigger. So the trigger was whole foods for me. That's part one. The action is part two. The action is a physical action. It can be like brushing your teeth. It can be a mental action. So every time you go to bed, you're laying up at the ceiling, laying up at the ceiling, staring up at the ceiling, thinking of all the things you didn't do that day. That is a habit, my friends. Or it can also be an emotional action. So like every time you see a photo of someone traveling in Italy, you feel intense envy. These are all habits. And it's actually amazing how much of our day we live in habits. It's so freaking cool. Last part of this trio is the reward. So remember, first kicks off is the trigger. Then it's the action. So think about it like the rats in the maze. The click went off. That was the trigger for the rat. The action was go through the maze, go through the maze, left, right, left, right, left, right. Reward, chocolate. Now for us, a reward can be something that, um, you know, is like super intense, joy, happy. But you might be thinking, but Nicole, I have a lot of negative habits. And yes, negative habits still have a reward. More on this in a moment. But the reward is there so that your brain can keep a note of this and it can store it away to remember it in the future. So when we're starting new habits. We do it really consciously. Remember, we're activating that prefrontal cortex, like the rat going through the maze like crazy. But then after enough repetition and repetition and repetition and the reward and the reward, it gets stored away in the basal ganglia to reserve energy. When a habit is stored in the basal ganglia, however, the brain basically fully stops participating in decision making. This is important because you have probably had a habit where you're like, oh my God, why can't I seem to get out of bed first thing in the morning? Why do I keep hitting the snooze button? Why do I keep hitting the snooze button? That's because when we are in our basal ganglia, that habit brain, we are fully not participating in decision-making. Decisions like, I should get out of bed. Now, 
I'm not saying this to be like, doomsday, you're done for. These habits are here forever. No, that's not the case at all. It does, however, make it really hard to override a habit unless, do you hear that? Unless you intentionally fight it. We're going to talk about that in a moment. So again, our brains are always looking to reserve energy. I think that this is really important to know because so often people are beating themselves up and beating themselves up and beating themselves up for doing the same quote unquote bad habit. I don't love bad habit because that just feels very negative, but non-effective habit, I'll call it. We guilt ourselves and we shame ourselves for having these non-effective habits. And we're like, oh my God, you stupid idiot. Why can't you seem to just get it right? Literally, this is your brain doing exactly what it is programmed to do. If there was a through line of this podcast, I truly believe, I really and truly believe it would be stop shaming yourself for doing the things that your brain is naturally programmed to do. Just saying. So you might be thinking back to those rewards, right? Now, yes, we have negative habits or non-effective habits, but there are still rewards associated with it. So for instance, I hear this, golly, minimum once a week. Nicole, I don't like my habit of procrastinating, something along those lines. I can't stop procrastinating. I don't know why I can't stop procrastinating. I can't seem to get myself out of procrastinating mode. And you might be thinking, because yes, procrastinating is a habit, You've got to think beyond the word reward, though, because when you think of reward, it's like, oh, positive, amazing, wonderful. Procrastinating is a reward because it is your brain saying, oh, good, I get to keep you comfortable. I get to keep you in your comfort zone. Good job. You don't have to get out of your comfort zone. You don't have to do the scary thing. You don't have to do the thing that's going against maybe a big fear of yours. Like you're maybe let's say you're procrastinating on sending an email that is pitching you to a really awesome client that you want to work with and you've been procrastinating and you've been procrastinating and procrastinating. The reward is congratulations. You don't have to be put in the position where you might get rejected, which by the way, that's a strong mother effing reward. Now, another habit might be like you're quick to anger. Let's say um, a partner does something that you're like, oh my God, if they do this thing one more time and then you get angry at them, your reward might be, good, I get to feel in control. Now, scrolling through social media is one I hear a lot. The reward, entertainment. You're not bored anymore. So I want you to think about, as we go through these next things, I want you to think about what are some habits that you have that are maybe not your favorite. And I want you to pick one and go through this next part with me. And by the way, it might be even nice if you have one maybe not so great habit, negative habit, non-effective habit, whatever you want to call it, and one habit that you're like, man, I'd love to do that. Now, when I say one habit, I don't mean I'd like an entire morning routine that's a lot of habits. <laughs> what is one habit? And you can even do one habit that will kickstart it all off. So for instance, if the thing that's stopping you from doing your morning routine is getting up in the morning because you're just hitting the snooze button, hitting the snooze button, that is one habit that I want you to focus on. And in fact, actually, I'm going off script a little here, but I think this is important. Um, these are called keystone habits. So keystone habits are like, I want you to imagine a bunch of dominoes lined up, just boop, 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 one after the other. Getting up first thing in the morning, when your alarm goes off, let's say you've scheduled it for six, 
but you keep hitting the snooze button. You keep hitting the snooze button until it's like 7 or 8 a.m. And you're like, fuck, I need to get my day started. And then you rush through your morning. And then you rush through your day because you rush through your morning. And you're like, if I could just get up first thing in the morning, I could get my coffee. I could have a nice breakfast. I could go work out. I could journal. I could meditate. I could do blah, 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 blah. Those are not all the habits I want you to focus on. I want you to focus on that very first one, getting up in the morning. Because again, going back to those dominoes, getting up in the morning is that very first domino going boop, 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 boop. And so these have been deemed keystone habits. They are the keystone to a lot of good habits following. And what researchers found is that people who have quote unquote healthier keystone habits make healthier decisions throughout the day. So for instance, they did a study where they followed a bunch of people who work out first thing in the morning. And these people work out first thing in the morning. And then as they go through their day, they make, you know, more health conscious food choices. They use their credit card less. Weird, I know, but that's a real thing. Um, They tend to move a lot more throughout their day. They tend to have more energy throughout their day. All of these things are habits. So I want you to think about, again, one habit that you're wanting to change, adjust, rewrite, get rid of, etc. And one habit that you want to add. Now again, this can be a keystone or just like I want to um, add the habit of going to bed earlier. Again, that actually that is a keystone habit still as well. Um, one thing I want to note before we get into how to change your habits is this is actually from James Clear's book, Atomic Habit, which by the way, both of these books are freaking fantastic. I recommend reading them both, and I recommend reading them in this order, Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg and Atomic Habits by James Clear, because it's like literally a non-formal sequel. Um, But if you are only to read one, I'd recommend reading James Clear because it is a lot easier of a read. It's a lot more in human speak as opposed to Power of Habit, which is a lot more scientific forward. Um, But both are freaking fantastic. But But James Clear says... Habits are not about changing your behavior. And I'm not going to lie. I heard this for the first time. And I was like, what? Why? That doesn't make any sense. But then he said, habits are becoming a type of person. Whoa. Hear that one more time. Habits are not about changing your behavior. Habits are becoming a type of person. We so often think that if I just read an hour tonight, or if I, you know, um, work out 45 hours today, then I'll be fine. And this is very perfectionism all or nothing. Whereas habits, we have to put on our journey thinking hat. We have to put on the compound interest thinking hat, where it's like, what can I do to shift this 2% every day? Even 1% every day makes a huge difference over time. But so many perfectionists overwhelm themselves by trying to shove so many new habits. And as a result, their brain gets overwhelmed. And as a result, they don't follow through because your brain literally cannot do that. So the most effective way to change your habits is not to focus on what you want to do or the many things you want to do. It is to focus on the type of person you want to become. We're gonna talk about this more in a moment, but this is really, really important. Because of that, because of who we wanna become, we have to change our habits, which boom, let's dive in. Okay, we're taking off 
the super neurosciencey basal ganglia prefrontal cortex language. And let's talk a little more, um, you know, human speak. So again, this is from Atomic Habits, but James Clear talks about the four laws of behavioral change. Four laws of behavioral change. One, make your habit, by the way, this is for new habits, make your new habit obvious. You can, like, remember the out of sight, out of mind? Yeah. If it is not obvious, we won't do it because we're in our habit brain and our habit brain literally will not remember because it is storing energy and we're not using our prefrontal cortex, which is a thing that will help us remember and make new decisions. No, no. So we have to make it really obvious in our face. I love the insight in mind. Number two, make it attractive. If we're, oh God, fine, I guess I'll be a morning person because I guess it's, you're not going to do it. The reward will not be worth it. We have to make it attractive. And by the way, that comes from getting into the mind of the person you want to become. Number three, make it easy. I'm going to just pause right here. Because so often, if I had a nickel, I'll tell you, if I had a nickel, for every time I was working with someone and they were white knuckling it and they're trying to push harder and they're trying to make it as difficult for themselves as possible because if they make it difficult, then it means they're actually worthy and they actually overcame something and they can actually feel proud of themselves. That is not how habits work. Habits have to be easy. They have to be easy. And last but not least, they have to be satisfying. So this is, again, tapping into that reward system. They have to be satisfying. Now, you might be saying, okay, but what about the habits I want to rewrite? What about the ones I don't like? Well, let's throw some antitheses on these buddies. Number one, if make it obvious is how we add in new habits, then how we get rid of habits is make it invisible. If we literally do not see the cue, it won't happen. So for example, let's say you're trying to stop the habit of scrolling through social media. You know what a great way to stop that habit is? Delete the fucking app. If the app's not there, guess what? You're not going to scroll. And I'll tell you, actually, I am doing this well, when this episode releases, it will be in real time, but I'm preparing to do it right now, is the two weeks that I'm taking off for my wedding, I am deleting my email off my phone. I am putting things like my um, uh, app that I have with all my clients on mute and dark so it won't give me any notifications. I am turning all, I'm, I have a email autoresponder so that um, that's all, like, I mean, literally, it's like I'm preparing to make all those habits that are my habits at work invisible. Because if I do, I won't use them on these two weeks that I've fully taken off. And I've literally talked to my clients about this. I've prepared them for this. They know what's going on. And I'm really excited about this because to be quite honest, I've never done this before. But I'm really, really excited to do that so I can fully take off. I can fully be present and with my, when you're listening to this husband, but my in real time of recording this soon to be husband. So that was number one, make it obvious or make it invisible. Number two, if make it attractive is the how do you add a new habit, make it unattractive is the how you get rid of a habit. So get really into why is this not a good habit for you? 
And and don't just do the surface level crap. I don't like it. It makes me sad. It makes me feel like I'm comparing myself to every other person. No, I want you to go 5, 10, 15 years in the future. If you are constantly looking on social media and that's causing you to compare yourself to other people, what then causes you to lower your own motivation and your goals and you causes you to procrastinate and then because you have such negative self-talk, you're not doing anything and then you're beating yourself up for not doing anything and falling behind and yada, 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 yada. What's that going to look like 15 years from now? Probably not fucking good. It'll look really shitty. You're going to be like, oh my God, I wasted so much time beating myself up when I could have been putting my head down and actually doing the work and ignoring everyone else's noise. This sounds harsh, but I'm telling you, this is the key to habit change. Number three, if make it easy is the how to add new habits, make it difficult is how to get rid of habits. So Making an action super difficult, you probably won't be able to do it. So for instance, um, I'm really short. And if I am trying to get out of the habit of, you know, maybe I have a habit of eating 15 cookies every night after dinner. And I want to get rid of that habit, me, who's very short, will ask my very tall, soon-to-be husband to put them on a really high shelf. And if they're on a really high shelf, it is difficult enough for me to be like, huh, if I'm starting to climb on the counter or something like this, I would pause and say, huh, maybe I don't want this. Is this really worth it? It's enough of a um, barrier for me to activate my prefrontal cortex and say, is this something I really want to do right now? Number four, last but not least, if make it satisfying is the how to add new habits, make it unsatisfying is how to get rid of it. So again, going back to that, what can you do to make it so unsatisfying? Actually, Brett is doing this, my um, fiance is doing this in real time. He has put his phone on grayscale. Now, for those of you who don't know or think I just used a Game of Thrones term, um, I did. You're welcome. But it is actually putting your phone so it's colorless. So all of it is just like black and white. Now, I look at this thing and I want to barf, which makes me want to do this so badly. But unfortunately, because of my job, I can't really. I mean, maybe that's just an excuse. It might just be. But he uses his phone so much less now. I mean, his screen time went down wildly after he used this because he made this thing that he had a habit of constantly looking, constantly checking, wildly unsatisfying to look at. And as a result, his screen time went down. So recap, four laws of behavioral change. You might want to think about those two habits that you're wanting to change Hmm, while we're going through this. So number one, make it obvious or make it invisible. I want you to think really and truly think about this right now. If you even have, um, if you're like not driving or something, I want you to get out a note and I want you to write down for your one you want to add, how can you make it obvious? So for me, one of my favorite ways to make things obvious is sticky notes, is alarms on my phone, is um, making it obvious, making it obvious. I'm trying to think of habits I've done recently. Oh, um, when I was starting to run, I would put my shoes right by the front door. So they were just like in my face when I woke up in the morning. And then for the habit you're wanting to rewrite, what can you do to make it invisible? How can you get rid of it? 
or make it really, really, really hard to see. So for example, if you're always, um, let's see, what's a habit that people would probably want to rewrite? Uh, I keep on going back to social media, but I know that's not everyone's. Um, Let's say it's the snooze button. Did you know you can get rid of the snooze button on your phone? I've done it. And actually, this is how I stopped snoozing. This is a good example. Um, Because I noticed I would start snoozing in the morning. And that is like a big no-no for me. Because I know, first and foremost, if I snooze even once, I am so groggy throughout the day. I'm tired. I'm irritable. And then I feel behind. And I just feel terrible. But I notice that if I get up first thing, like right when my my alarm goes off, I don't check my phone. Right when my alarm goes off, I, I you know, oh, stretch and, you know, kind of do a little yawn, maybe go over, kiss my, kiss my partner, and then I get up. And I notice when I do that, it's wonderful. So what I did is I literally went into my sleep app and I turned off the ability to snooze it. And because of that stress of falling asleep and missing like the morning because I fell back asleep, I would get back up. And honestly, I think that's a good an example of good stress. And eventually it just became so habitual for me. And now I can't imagine not getting up first thing in the morning. Um, and number two, make it attractive or make it unattractive. Again, I want you to take some time and write these down for your goals. You can even pause this episode right here. Easy versus difficult. How can you make it easy? How can you make it so easy? It's actually ridiculous how easy it is. How can you make it difficult where it's like you're trying to get up on the counter and you're doing my good and satisfying versus unsatisfying. So those are the four laws to behavioral change. There's a few other major points I want to hit on much more rapidly when it comes to changing your habits. And that is first and foremost called the pattern interrupt. So the pattern interrupt method is actually one I use with a lot of my clients, and it is using the same cue because the cue is written in stone in your basal ganglia. That shit is in there. But using the cue as a trigger point for a new action. And this is where that pattern interrupt comes in. So for instance, if my cue for checking my phone is, huh, I'm bored, let me reach for my phone. I would say, huh, I'm bored. What's my new pattern I want to, what's my new habit I want to create? Hmm, I want to, uh, you know, pick up, maybe instead of pick up my phone and go on social media, I want to pick up my phone and go on Duolingo. And I want to learn a little Italian while I'm bored. That is an example of a pattern interrupt. But you have to, here's the rule with pattern interrupts, because don't you dare, don't you listening, don't you dare, don't you dare just rely on your ability to remember it. No, no, don't, no, 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 no. If you can go to where the trigger is and put that trigger in there, absolutely yes. So for instance, in the um, social media example where I want to replace it with Duolingo, I would put my Duolingo app where my current social media app is so that when I go and open my phone, oh, I wanted to go on Instagram, but there's Duolingo. Oh, that's right. I'm wanting to do this instead. Um, Alarms on your phone or um, if there's a certain time that you always notice that uh, you get really angry. I don't know. (laughs) This is a random example. If you notice that there's a time of day that you get really irritable and angry, could you put an alarm at that time, exactly at that time to say, go get a snack. Maybe you're hungry. So pattern interrupts only work if you work with the cue. 
if you work with the trigger. You have to work with the trigger. Now, here's the other. Don't you dare. Don't you dare do this. Don't you dare just plan this out in your head. You must write this down. Now, for you who's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that later. Sure, Nicole. No, 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 no. If you are not driving right now, you are have, your phone is near you. So I want you to open up a notes app. And I want you to write the trigger for the habit that you're wanting to rewrite. And I want you to write the new action or the pattern interrupt. And then I want you to brainstorm. What am I going to do to work with that trigger to remind me about this new pattern? With enough repetition, that shit works. It works so well. Next up, this straight out of Atomic Habits as well. Create an effing plan. When we, again, when we just start to think, oh, I'll remember that in my head, or oh yeah, I can do that. I want to eat healthier. That's not a plan. That's an ideal. A plan is I will meal prep at 6 p.m. on Sunday. Or what um, Brett and I did when we were first starting this one, because we were saying, I want to eat healthier, I want to eat healthier. We said, we will look through our healthy cookbooks at, I think, what, um, I think it was whenever we're sitting down to grocery shop. So it's normally like 10 o'clock on Saturday. Um, and that was our plan. But you have to write it down. So here's the formula for it. I will behavior or new habit at time at location. One more time. I will behavior at time at location. And I'll also say location slash day because for me it's like a day of the week um, or over than a location. Last thing I want to touch on. This is not all or nothing. I know. I've been speaking very all or nothing this entire episode. So I'm going to call myself out there. But here's what I do want to remind you of. This is not about rewriting every single one of your mother effing habits right now. Because if you do, your brain's going to go into overwhelm. And your brain does not work that way. One of my favorite parts about um, both Atomic Habits and Power of Habit is that it is all about how do you work with your brain? How do you make this easier? We make this easier by giving ourselves some mother effing grace. It is not all or nothing. If you accidentally open up the social media app instead of Duolingo, oh darn, notice it. Say, huh, I guess I did that. Well, what can I do next time? It's just as simple as that. So that's where I wanted to leave you all today. Um, we're not going to do any segments this week because I am literally off getting married. And to be quite honest, I have no mental capacity for how I'm a perfectionist this week. And I don't even know if I have an answer for that. Things are just feeling really easy and joyful right now. And, um, I, I wanted to just leave it there. So, um, this episode will be released on the 27th. I will be back in office the next week, um, with a hubby with a husband and a lot of new stories I'm sure but 
My friends, thank you so much. Do not forget to rate and review this podcast and all the podcasts you listen to. It is the biggest help when it comes to helping your show, your favorite shows, your podcasters that you listen to, because they're people, they love you. They love you so much. And it's just a little teeny tiny gift that you can give them. So you can go to either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, hit that five star or whatever star button you would like and write a little review. It can be literally a star. It can be a few notes. Love this show. That's it. It can be so, so, so simple. If you want to write more, I'd love that. But it can be so, so, so simple. And you have the time. It takes less than 30 seconds. And I'm reminding you right here and now, probably by the time that I'm done reminding you, you could have done it in this amount of time. (laughs) All right, my sweet friends. I love you so, so much. I will talk to you soon. Bye.